Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steedy the NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, of me old buddy, me old pal, it's Brits and Grits on Facebook. It's at IT Hedgehog on Twitter. Pete, Petey, Pete, buddy. Steve, are you going cha- you? to change it this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Probably not this week. We'll see how we go. Tell me about the hedgehog, though. Tell me about the hedgehog. Are you a hedgehog conservationist, or yeah, well, what's going on? Yeah, well, yeah. It, it kind of started when we when we had a hedgehog in our garden a few years back. <laughs> and um, right off, I got onto the computer, went on Twitter, created and, an and, account, <laughs> and um, and from there we started sprouting hedgehog families in our back garden. Ah, and. You know, we got we got a little bit obsessed and would be out there at one or two or three in the morning with our torches looking for hedgehogs. So then we got cameras and the whole and the whole bit. So so it just kind of it just kind of went from there. And so yeah, we just do do little bits for for what we can for conserving the hedgehog population, which is beginning to die out in the UK, or at least it's a thirtieth of what it was a few years ago. So it's not in a great position. So. Yeah. There, do you know what though they're all inside on twitter i think that's where they're at i think that's why you can't see them anymore because they're all social media savvy i'm glad because you don't have a spiky personality so new is not nothing to do with that now am i going to see you on some sort of like channel four or pbs or whatever those shows are you know the guy who turned himself into like a tiger and stuff you haven't done any weird facial reconstruction surgery pete that enables you not to leave the house because you now are semi hedgehog Let's put it like this, Steve. Do okay. we ever do? Do we ever do this across on video? No, we don't. Well, there you go. <laughs> and when I ring you, it takes a while. You must have those scratchy little claws trying to answer the answer the call. Well, anybody who wants to follow Pete on Twitter, it's at it hedgehog, and just obviously stay tuned at UK Packers because Peter, you do the power rankings articles, and they are an absolute work of art. On top of college football. Um, analysis and who to watch out for there we've another article coming out either tonight or tomorrow um, about the players to watch in the upcoming bowl games um, and also you do articles on Packers history so I mean there's a there's a wealth of stuff out there on our blog ukpackers.co.uk which is just Peter's run amok all over it and it's you could spend you could waste hours in there just reading through it so put the phone down don't be on YouTube uh, watching cat videos get onto ukparkers.co.uk and read some of Peter's stuff so Peter um, again completely off the cuff and impromptu let's delve into some of this football knowledge here what is your past history experience with article writing because we see that they're the Mona Lisa of the Green Bay Packers writing but what what have you done over the past of your career really um, NFL writing wise so, so, so I guess, I guess, I guess the, the the biggest thing was back in the in the nineties. Um, we used to produce um, a Packers fan newsletter. Yeah. Um, that ran for three or four three or four seasons, and that was just as much stuff as we could fit into kind of a twenty twenty five page newsletter that used to be printed on my printer upstairs in the bedroom, and and would get out to I don't know it's probably 40 or 50 Packer fans that we knew about in the in in the UK yeah 
Um, so, so, so in terms of football, that was kind of the biggest thing that I did. Before that, I used to do a whole bunch of stuff around the NFL draft um, and produce a kind of draft preview thing every, every year. So that started in 80, 83 or 84. Um, but that used to just go to, the, to, to basically my, my local circle of, of friends and some people that I worked with. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's kind of been writing for, for quite a while, but I, I guess in terms of circulation in inverted commas, quite, quite a small scale, if you like. Um, the green and gold that we did in the in the 90s, I used to share with um, some people in Green Bay, some people read obviously within the Packer organisation stuff, and 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 they used to like it, and probably, you know, and um, but yeah, no, that's kind of, that's that that's kind of it, really, Steve. And I and I guess that um, in one of my past lives, in in my job, I used to write lots of documents. Yeah, sadly. Um, so, 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 so writing um, has kind of always been some kind of forte for me. And um, I, I guess also I, I'm kind of a, a, a black and white person in terms of I like to see stuff written down. It, it, it focuses the mind, if you like, rather than having she has 63 things to go and look at on the on the on the Internet or wherever it may be. It's like, I can't remember from one to the next. So just having stuff written down and, and focused and being there is is something that works for me. So I guess that's kind of um, why I've kind of delved into the writing thing. Here, here. Yeah, and this is the thing. You do long form stuff and then sort of short snappy stuff for the website. So if anyone's interested and also, we, you know, we do list in top tens and then of course, the power rankings are going to be broken down by number, so it's a nice, you know, short little blurb. But I like it. It's like uh, the description George Orwell or Christopher Hitchens used to give about writing is that he didn't choose writing, writing chose him. But anyway, before we yeah. get off topic and start delving into the greats of English uh, literature, <laughs> uh, let me just mention this. And again, it was, I was late putting it out. Super Bowl party, Bloomsbury Lanes. It's We're not running it. It's run by the Gridiron Magazine guys and we're just sort of hijacking their party. The tickets are a fiver plus like a 70 cent booking fee payable to Eventbrite, which goes to Gridiron or whatever. Um, so I think you can pay by PayPal or credit and debit card. So that's where we're going to be in London. Now we did try sort of half-arsedly to do it in Ireland or somewhere different, but we've massive big plans coming for the upcoming season to do meetups in Wales and Scotland, different places in Ireland, different places in England, and maybe even further afield um, as far as Spain and, of course, the usual Lambo trip. So if anybody's interested in the Super Bowl party, make sure you book your tickets. We've already had feedback from people saying that they've booked their hotels in London already. It's always good to get in there nice and early. Now, um, I do understand that people want us to do it in different places and that London seems like a pain in the arse for some people and some people complain about travelling. I get it. Um, I'm from Ireland <laughs> I come over on the plane from Dublin and land and same day on the Sunday and then get to the flag game and all the rest so I share your pain but it is very central um, central, and it's very cheap to get to second bit of housekeeping uh, NFL Europe shop it's Christmas if you want to save yourself 10% we have 10% off on the website ukpackers.co.uk forward slash offers save it to your favourites and never pay full price again I'll leave that there Peter um, let's get into some Packers stuff, right? Let's let's veer back from George Orwell and um, you know offers and Super Bowl parties and all the rest. And the the playoff dream is over. 
Um, me and you were talking about it on, on pre-production and you feel the same as I do, that it's kind of a relief. Now, I was wondering whether we kind of, whether we say that or some people like, oh, it's a relief. How dare you? Packers get to the Super Bowl. But it is. I find it is a relief and I find it is a relief because um, this is how I feel anyway and I, I want to know your opinion, but it felt like that this playoff thing was dragging on for forever. We weren't going to get there and I said that before. And all of the permutations and every game seems like, oh, well, losing to the Cardinals is bad, but we're still not out. And then we lose another game. Oh, well, losing to that game. Is, uh, you know, and it's always these sort of like we've got a 1% chance and all the rest. You know, you've uh, it just got ridiculous after a while. I am relieved and I don't think that makes me any less of a fan. And I'm just happy now that we can sort of see out the rest of the season. There's question marks over, you know, where we go from here, but we're going to get out to that a little bit later. The Bears game and the playoff hopes. Are you relieved? And was that game ridiculous? So, yeah, I, th- I think that probably like all of us, you know, as you're watching the game and in the immediate aftermath of the game, you, you, you kind of run the whole gamut of emotions. You know, you want to you desperately want to win every game. You desperately want to make the playoffs, even though, like you say, the chances of doing so were incredibly slim, even if they'd won that game. Yeah. But you still desperately want to want to make it. And then there's there's a little bit of. Anger might even be too strong a word, but a little bit of disappointment, you know, at the at, at the end of it, um, knowing that your season's come to an end. But I th- but I think a day later there is a touch of relief when you when you take a step back and you think that actually, you know, what the chances of us making it anyway were the square root of diddly squat, and <laughs> and you know, there's a bit of relief that you get to the last two games of the season now, and it's it's less less stressful. Um, but like yourself, you know, I, I'm not trying to say I didn't want us to win or any any anything like that. Nobody wants to see the Packers win more than I do, believe me. But it, but but there is a a sense of eventual relief, and also the way that the the way that the results went on Sunday anyway. The other results that the Packers would have needed, none of them went the Packers way, I guess, other than the the Seahawks losing, which, you know, the chances of them still losing all three is pretty slim. Um, so I think it's just, we say, we take a deep breath and we go, we go forward from here. And there was some pretty biting words then on social media, right? Because the fallout after the loss, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe we lost to the Bears. Now, don't, like, you can't sleep on the Bears either. They're, they're, they're a good squad. Um, they're high up on your power rankings um, and all the rest. But there was some dissatisfied people. But the one take that really kind of annoyed me, and I'm just sick of hearing it now, is that um, it's this whole thing of oh, I, I'm still a Packers fan and let's believe. And it's just, it's this thing that's put out on social media sometimes just to bang likes. Like, I get that people are still fans. That's what we do. And if people are pissed off at the same time, I understand because that's what we do. And you're allowed to have that gamut of emotions and both in the same night of really annoyed and then come back in and say you're still a fan. I get that. It's not a hot take. But Leroy Butler came out and said, <laughs> and let me know what you think about this. He says, and I quote, I mean, really, if you can't outplay Mitch Trubisky, how good are you? Aaron's only job is to outplay the other quarterback. Agree, you will never win scoring 17 points. Too harsh? Um, it, it, I would imagine in the in the cold light of day that he would probably think that's too harsh as well. Yeah. Um, I, it sounds it sounds an emotional take to me, and um. You know, 
there may be a gamut of truth in some of that. The last part, the 17 points, you're not going to win many games with 17 points. And that's absolutely true. That's a statistical fact. But the first part of it, I guess it kind of just feels unnecessary at the, at the, uh, at, at, at this point. And, you know, you can have games where, where, you know, you, your quarterback does outplay the other team and the other quarterback and still loses, you know, or you can have games where both quarterbacks look poor. You, you've only got to look at the, the Saints Panthers game this past week. Yeah, where but where where neither of them looked particularly good, and if you didn't know the teams and didn't know the players, you think you'd be looking at two of the worst quarterbacks on that <laughs> showing, you know. But somebody's got to win, no matter how bad. Yeah, you know, they they both play. So so I think that um, I think that in the cold light of day, it's it just feels a little bit un unnecessary to me. I think it's a false narrative that whole thing about quarterback versus quarterback. I get it yeah. if if it's come to if it comes down to points, but I mean, you know, the other people get paid too, and you have a stuff a stiff defense there, and we have a makeshift O line. Um, you know, we're inexperienced at wide receiver. Jimmy Graham can't catch the ball. Uh, you know, like it can it can come down to a, a number of things. Um, and I do get that Aaron Rodgers was off. Now it didn't put him out of the Pro Bowl. Running because we see him get into the Pro Bowl and we see also Devontae Adams get in. Devontae uh, fully deserves. Aaron Rodgers, of course, fully deserves. Look, he's having a down year, but he's, his stats are still off the charts. Now, what I will say is, is do you think, Peter, that this is... Because, of course, we have to talk about the snubs as well. Uh, the main one being David Bakhtiari. He's been number one on Pro Football Focus for what's for you know what that's worth um, f- for forever. And we see in his level of play that he's outstanding. Now, Aaron Rodgers getting into the Pro Bowl, do you agree with that pick uh, this year? Or is it another case of how Clay Matthews used to always find his way in? He's got long hair, a catchy name, he's got a good reputation, and that kind of carries over from year to year. So, 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 so I think his reputation has got, has got him in this year. Yeah. A- and, and probably somebody or a number of people that voted just, just looking at pure numbers and that touchdown to interception ratio yeah because because whatever we think of rogers play and you know i'll be the first to hold my hands up on on here that saying that you know i've been quite critical of him but but one interception coming into sunday's game across the whole of the season is pretty damn good and i think that if that stat is played up and it is played up on the tv and, and and what have you then it's not surprising that that would sway people to vote that way coupled with the reputation of 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 Rodgers and what he's done and what he's done in the in the past for me um Russell Wilson would probably have been in there in front of in front of Rodgers um but I don't think there's a huge um I don't think there's a you know there's a an absolutely outstanding candidate that didn't make it as one of the NFC quarterbacks mm. You know, whereas you raise the Bakhtiari issue, and that to me is just on the face of the of the of what I look at and what I read on Pro Football Focus and and, and what have you, that just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, but you it, see, O line just isn't sexy, is it? I mean, you just they just don't get the publicity unless you're Jerry Kramer and you're a fantastic publicist. And I don't mean that later in his career. I mean early on in his career, he was getting some serious sponsorship deals, which was fantastic for an O lineman. Um, and, and, and this and this is yeah you know there's no 
um, pure statistics are there for an offensive lineman? You know, yeah. you, you get you get a lot more breakdown now than you than 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 you ever did. But this is not a new issue with the Pro Bowl and the offensive line. If you go back to the eighties and nineties in particular, once a guy had got selected once, yeah, he had a damn good chance of being selected for the next eight or nine years, regardless <laughs> of how he played. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that I, you know, in the eighties, the Packers had a really good left tackle. They didn't have many really good players, but a really good left tackle, Ken Rutgers, never got to the Pro Bowl once, and was was wasn't. I don't I don't think at Bakhtiari's level, but he was very close to that level on on some very poor teams, and and never got to the pro never got to the Pro Bowl once, and was kept out by all kinds of guys that were that could almost have not played that year and, and would still have got voted in. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's like the top 100. I mean, we saw with Aaron yeah. Rodgers. What did he end up fifth or something like that? And now I'm talking at my arse here now, but I thought he ended up pretty high last year, didn't he? he? Did. And he didn't even yeah. play. <laughs> we <were> like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like really, he's the best player that year. But again, I proffered as well. And it was a joke on Instagram that, you know, he, he should be number one because by omission, the team tanked. So it just showed how good he actually is to be propping up this team. Now, if I may, and again, we deliberately didn't sort of uh, reveal what we thought about it before the podcast. This is the contentious issue of our time. And this is mostly why I was sort of chomping at the bit to get on the podcast, um, which I know we missed out on on Monday or Tuesday. Um, so we're kind of doing the big one now. Should Aaron Rodgers and some of the, let's call them starters, the likes of Devontae Adams and all the rest, back to Ari, should they start versus the Jets now that we have, and I put this in air quotes, nothing to play for? Peter, you're yes. on the stage, buddy. Tell yes. me how you feel. Yes. Yeah? yeah. Play? <laughs> so so in, my, in my view, they should play. Um, and there's all kinds of, all kinds of reasons for that. Um, I think that if I was one of those top players, but I wasn't Rogers, right? So if I was, and Rogers sat out, but I played, I'd be sitting there thinking, well, do you not value me, right? So you're going to take that guy out and maybe another guy out, but clearly you don't think I'm as valuable to the team as as, the, as those guys. So, so so I think I think it's dangerous in terms of the message that it sends to those guys that you don't sit. Um, I think there's. Um, a responsibility to the game. That sounds kind of um, again very ideological now. Very here. ideological. Okay. Um, but 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 I but I but for me, there's a game to be played. So the guy so the guys should play it. The only reticence I have, Steve, is if Rogers or any other player for that matter is injured to the point where a they could make that existing injury worse or they're at a level of being questionable for the game then i think that changes the whether or not they should play um so if rogers knee shoulder perhaps his groin injury from last sunday if one of those is has the potential to 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 get worse um then that has to, for me, that has to raise the question of whether or not he or whichever individual should play. 
Um, but from a pure football point of view, I would I would like to see them play. Having said that, so this is a long answer to your question. <laughs> oh, mine's going to be longer, Pete. Mine's going to be longer, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> having, having said that, I think that they do need to take an opportunity to get Deshaun Kaiser into the game, um, either this Sunday or the following week or, or both. Um, quite how they do that, I think, is clearly going to depend on the, on the, on the game situation. Yeah. Um, but certainly if you're, in, if you're into the third quarter and you're up by a couple of touchdowns or down by a couple of touchdowns, then I think you're in a situation where you really should be considering saying, actually, let's just see what the guy's got. And, and I think you can kind of expand that across the board um, for, some, for some of the other players, although it probably doesn't count so much with the number of injuries that we've got. It's, it's, it's a little bit of all, all hands to the pump anyway. Yeah. Um, the other consideration, and I'm, I'm not a great one for this, but the other consideration is there will be some guys such as Devontae Adams who are close to team records. Um, and whilst those things should take, um, should be secondary to, to health and, and playing the game, they are important and they are important in the, in the, in the history of the, of the franchise. And certainly if I was close to one of those team records, particularly the, the major team records in terms of receiving yards or receptions for a season, if I was Adams, I would certainly want to be playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of where my head is, Steve. Well, and, that- and, I, and I also have to, sorry, and I also have to say, I'm not going to get too upset whichever way it goes. Mm. I'm not one of those people that's, that it's, that it's all has to be this or it all has to be it all has to be that because I, because I think there's there's a middle there's a middle ground somewhere, um, but yeah that's where I am. Well, I tell you where my head is at, right? And it's I don't know who someone said a comment and I was I don't know what it was, but I was like, right, I can't invite, that's it. I'm I'm animated now. I need to agree, disagree with this. Now, where I sit on all of this is is that I don't think they should play. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to sort of address your points as well and sort of how I feel about them. Now, I'm going to do what you kind of did too. Like, I, I can see the reason why they would play. Now, I'm going to be really honest with the first one. And that is that Aaron Rodgers should play because he needs to practice. I feel that he was out last season. He wasn't sharp this season. The season is short. And I feel that he hasn't got proper playing time. And he's kind of seen in this sort of evangelical kind of like, oh, he can do no wrong, Godgers. We all feed into it, me included. And we just assume that he's going to be game ready and he's going to be fresh. There was a debate this week about uh, Jose Mourinho and management and the fact that the game had passed him by because he got sacked as Manchester United manager. And someone asked, how can the game pass him by when he's won an unbelievable amount of trophies and all this type of stuff? And they said because the game changes fast. Similarly, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting younger and he's picking up injuries now and the season is short and this season in particular, for a large portion of it, he couldn't even practice properly and then he was put out into the game and he was expected to be able to perform. If there's any reason, if there's any one person that I would want to see play and not because... What he says, it's a leadership oh, it's a leadership thing and all this kind of thing. Um, it's because I think he needs the game time. And I think he needs to see defenses and he needs to be put pressure on and he needs to get out and he needs to prove that he... Because this is a game where Aaron Rodgers would not pout. 
and throw his head up and throw his hands up and, you know, give people the <laughs> passive aggressive stink face. You know what I mean? Of like, uh, do you notice something different about me? Uh, I don't know, Aaron. Well, I got my hair cut, so how dare you for not noticing? Like, that's the type of attitude that he's given off. So for all of the stuff that he wants to talk about leadership, he needs to man up and be a leader and stop tutting and fussing and, and all this type of stuff and saying, I'm proud of the guys. All right, well, I'm proud of you if you raise your stat line and, and you do what you're supposed to do as well. You know, and let's, let's stop the patronizing talk. Yes, you're the best of all time. And yes, I think you're the GOAT. But at the same time, his level of play is dipped. And I think that's largely to do with injuries, the physical effect of those injuries, but also that he hasn't got an awful lot of playing time. So that's what I say. If there's one person that I do want to see play, and not because of leadership and all this type of lark, it's him. Now, I know I understand your point about the sort of message and morale that it'd give, and I get that, but I think that with his reputation as it stands and with him being the quarterback and sort of being seen as, you know, the, the number one where people are like, oh, did they consult you before they got slushies in the canteen? You know, it's kind of <laughs> like they should consult him on everything. I think... Players understand that he is the leader and if he's made sit out, well, then that's okay. And I think that's half of what's going on here too, Pete, you know, is that he's saying that he wants to play, but they're making him sit out. So now it's out of his hands. So, 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 so I, I, yeah, so I agree with that, with that sp- specific point. I think if he's made to sit out, then it's, then it's out of Roger's hands. I would still be, I would still be thinking to myself as a, as a player, because each of these players is an ind- individual person with their own, thoughts and, and 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 short careers and i would be sitting there probably thinking mm. so they're making that guy sit out mm. but i want me to play um what message is that telling me is that that guy's more important than i am but he is though well i know he is <laughs> i know he is for you but but from the but from the mindset of a of a of a superstar and in inverted commas athlete i'm not sure that's the message i want to hear yeah, and I know everybody in their own head would have that in their head, right? That they are, because everyone is the most important person in their life. And all of this stuff about like, oh, no, you have to be nice. So to everybody else, they're living in, everyone's just living in their world to a, to yeah. a degree because you can only see it from your eyes. But what I would say is that it's it's an established thing that the, and look at the amount of money that they paid him. And if he gets injured, look what happens to their season. Like Devontae Adams is, is really becoming a legend and he's close to breaking all these type of records. But at the same time, he goes down. They just plug in the next guy. Whereas we can see now it's not going to be as good. And that, that's been proven. Um, and even when he was injured, he was the worst version of himself uh, with that ankle injury where he was, you know, being criticized for drops and all the rest. But the one thing that I would say is, is that, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, and I think it's understood that he's the number one, a de facto number one guy in the organization to the extent that he's able to come in and change his own plays. So I don't know if that message will be that impactful if they were to sit him because I think people would understand. But the number one point, and, and I can sort of, you know, the responsibility to the game and stuff like that, and I understand that, and that the, you know, that the season is short and that's not what we want to see as fans. But what I would say is this game against the Jets, they've got a good defense and a pretty crap offense. I think offense, this game is pretty much going to be garbage anyway, right? It's going to be one of those games that it's Wigan versus Charlton Athletic in the second round of some crap cup. It's, it's you know, it's as fans, of course, we want to see it, but the, the standard of the game and the standard of the Packers played to begin with um, at times just, just hasn't been great. And I do agree with getting Deshaun Kaiser in the game. And I'm one of probably the only, let's call ourselves pundits out there, who believes that the backup quarterback shouldn't be so much of a backup that he's warming his arse against the bench. I do think that the philosophy, and I'm I'm alone in this, or maybe you agree, I don't know. Uh, I'm alone in thinking that instead of waiting for a catastrophic injury to your starting quarterback, which is happening 
Um, more recently, where they have to bring in all these rules where you can't actually fart in his direction or he gets you know, sent to the locker room or whatever and they have to protect him with rules and thrown flags, is that I think that there should be more rotational basis to put in a second-string quarterback to try give him some actual game time. And if this is a chance for Kaiser to do it, and it all comes down to one thing, and I know I'm waffling on here, but it all comes down to one thing, and that's something that we can't forget. From a fan perspective, you want to see an entertaining game. You buy the merch and you go to the game. We especially spend all that money to go across the Atlantic Ocean and see games. But I will put it down to this. It's the team's responsibility to win. And the only thing that we need to win in this whole thing is the Super Bowl. If we're not winning the Super Bowl, it's a losing season. There's 31 loser teams every year and there's one team that doesn't everybody else is a loser right now you can gain moral victories and all the rest if we have no chance of doing that pete what i would proffer is is the season is done locked down <laughs> get the best draft pick see what we have in the other pieces of talent because it's the only time we're going to get to do it in somewhat of a game style scenario and so we should sit out the stars so if it wasn't for the accent i was i would have suddenly thought that i was doing i was on the podcast with vince lombardi yeah. <laughs> Because um, that absolutely sounds like sounds like something Vince would have said. Um, no, I agree, and that's why I, you know, I guess I finished my answer with I, I'm, I I could see both sides of it, and I'm, I wouldn't get overly upset one way one way or the other on 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 this particular thing. And your point about the backup quarterbacks, I think, is really interesting. Um, Obviously, it happens a lot in college, where where you know they'll they'll designate that they're going to bring in a guy for the third series of a game, or mm. he's going to play the first series of the second half, or whatever. And I'm I'm not advocating that, but it does surprise me that the backup doesn't get in more often in games that are blowouts one way or the other. Yeah, you know, so 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 a team, and and I'm not, you know, this isn't a trying to send a message of benching the starting quarterback. But heck, if you're down by 17 points in the last five minutes of the game mm. or the last three minutes of the game or whatever it is, I'm surprised you don't see the backup in there more often. Um, and, you know, and, and the, the same the other way around. If you're up by a lot of points in the fourth quarter, I, it just, it, it shocks me. Um, because then you expect a guy who's, sat on his backside for the last 15 weeks to suddenly go in and win you a game mm. when he hasn't played, you know, and, you know, if, if, if we were in a situation now where we were eight, five and one rather than five, eight and one, and then Rogers suddenly went out with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, we would expect Kaiser to come in and, and maybe drive the team down the field for the, for the, for the winning touchdown or field goal. When the guy's not been on the field since, you know, a little bit of play in week one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we would, you know, as fans, we would then complain, oh, he, you know, he fumbled or he threw an interception or he made a silly play. Well, kind of what do you expect if the guy hasn't played for 16 weeks? And he's not getting first team snaps in practice. Well, yeah, you know, and practices are even more limited than they used to be. He doesn't get first team reps in there. Even if he did, that's not the same as being out, out on the field. It's just... We see the same in soccer, you know, with the rotation mm. and what have you. And, and, you know, and you expect a guy to come in who hasn't played for the last four weeks because he's in a rotation system. And all of a sudden you expect him to play just as well as he did when he last played, when he'd played 10 games on the trot. You know, it's just not going to happen. And I do, I, I get, I, I, what I also get is, and I know people are saying, look, the reason that they don't do it is because is A, there's the stigma of if the main quarterback gets benched, 
well then there's a reason for it or whatever and i get that i also get that there's probably limited um it's it's i guess the the game is limited as well because if you're up by a large amount or you're down by a large amount the other team are not going to play particularly for you um if you're out because they've either given up or they've kind of given up on it because they're so far ahead is that they don't really care if they catch it or not. Do you know what I mean? To a certain degree is that they, they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. And I understand that as well. But it's trying to get as much game time. Now I feel that the next two games are going to give them that game time feel. Because New York have already given up. Um, because they're just a bad roster. And everyone is vying for that spot now. And they're trying to prove themselves that even in a junk season. That they're able to, you know, catch passes and create that chemistry with their with their young quarterback and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And I get that. So this is the most sort of game time thing. Now, on your point of team records and all the rest, I I would feel bad for Devontae Adams for sure because he puts up a great season. And someone who says, oh, well, he's never going to get those records when, you know, if Deshaun Kaiser in there. You can't say that because the chemistry that he had with Brett Hundley, and they call it chemistry. I just call it Devontae being a good player and being open. And that a young quarterback is going to go to him all the time because he knows with his footwork and all the rest that he's going to give him the best opportunity to make that completion. So I think he would still be targeted as much, if not more, with Deshaun Kaiser at the helm. Um. And I feel bad for team records, but I wonder what that would be looked upon if if you were to look at the likes of the Devontae Adams record and you look at the team record in that season and see that it was absolute garbage. And I wonder, you'd always associate that with a Super Bowl run or a playoff run and all this type of stuff. And it reminds me of when Jamie Vardy um, broke the record for most goals consecutively scored uh, from Van Nistelrooy, uh, who was a goal poacher himself, don't get me wrong, but he was on a great United team and it was sort of, you know, shrouded in glory and then you have you know jd vardy comes in breaks it and then the, i think he didn't score after that for the next five six games or something like that if you don't get me wrong some of the anoraks out there i'll know so that kind of annoyed me because here he comes in on a whirlwind breaks this record apparently he doesn't do any leg work or any he doesn't have leg day he doesn't do any jogging he smokes like a trooper um and then he comes out and he just bangs in all these goals right these fantastic goals and then he just falls off and I was kind of thinking, he comes in, rides in on his horse, breaks the records and then pisses off again. And I'm kind of thinking, that's how I'd kind of feel if Devontae Adams was to break all these records in such a crap season. You, uh, so, so, so far bit for me to tell you how you'd feel. But I don't think you would feel that. <laughs> I, I, no, I think you probably would initially. But I think, but I think that, that in 10 years time, you'd look back at it and say, but that was just Devontae Adams as yeah, a player. Yeah. Just as I look now... You know, we, we look back at the glorious days of Sterling Sharp. Mm. And, and and before Favre got there, Sharp played on some bad teams. And yet, you know, in his, in his you know, rookie season, he caught, I think, 55 balls. And then from there, every year after that, you know, he was breaking, he was breaking team records. I mean, even, even in uh, 92, when they, did, they didn't make the playoffs, mm. and Sharp set the, set the NFL record with 108 catches in that year. I don't think anybody looks back on that and thinks, well, yeah, he was just playing for the numbers and, and whatever else. And, you know, and, and, and Sharp was playing a lot of that latter part of his career with with turf toe, so didn't practice at all during the week mm. for, for two or three years there at the end of his career. And I don't think anybody looks back on him and say, yeah, but he played on those bad teams and yeah, you know, yeah. the record's really really matter in fact there's part of you that thinks actually you know what doing that in spite of all of it i guess in, in, in spite of all of that um just shows what a great player what a great player he was and and he didn't sit out 
heck, most of those seasons were gone by halfway through the season, mm. <laughs> you know, and he was the star player on 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 those teams, and he week in week out, he was there. And it's amazing as well, Pete, like that we haven't had this dilemma, and this is why it's such a talking <laughs> point for so many years. You know, it's been forever since we've had this dilemma of oh, what do we do in this situation? But I will hark back, and the guy that I'll trust to to sort of lead the the way on all of this is Brett Favre's dad. Because he didn't let Brett throw the ball when he was in, uh, <laughs> when he was on his teams, because he just cared about the team winning. So I think in this regard, I, I would say, and this is my opinion, and again, we've both, I think, sort of tossed out some very good points here, is that this is this sport is all about winning the Super Bowl, and we're not going to win the Super Bowl, and we need to figure out what talent we do and don't have. I understand that if you put the Sean Kaiser in there, you're not going to get a proper look at these young wide receivers because you're not going to be having the accurate passes. But Aaron Rodgers had the most throwaways of any player uh, this season. I think, what was it, the other ones? The other teams had like 30 throwaways. He was up around 57 or 60 plus. So he's been banging the ball up into the stands anyway. And he's been throwing balls to these young wide receivers behind. Uh, He's been slamming it into the turf. So again, it's not a given that when he's out there that he's going to sling it. He's still going to, maybe he'll care less now that that sort of, record is broken about the interceptions he threw the interception uh, so that record's over maybe he might be you know less cautious with the ball at the end of the season although I do think that Aaron Rodgers is slightly um obsessed with his stats so put Aaron here's here's what I would do for what it's worth put Aaron Rodgers out there if he's not injured uh, get him to throw the balls to the young guys see what they can do um, if you want to sit Devontae Adams well then by all means do it it's all about getting to know what the talent is is if you can't win the Super Bowl well then you can lock the team down and no one's going to regret that you get the higher draft pick if that's what it comes to you see sort of who your good players are who has potential and who doesn't um, and then, then just march on with the season I don't think it's that big a deal if you sit these stars it's fine uh, don't risk the injury uh, see what we have at the same time and I understand that's kind of a dichotomy of sorts Um but yeah, not not a big deal to me. No, I, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm in and I'm in the same place. It's not something that I can get overly, overly wound up or upset about one 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 way or the other. You know, I'd like I'd like to see Kaiser get a bit of playing time because I because I because I'm in the camp that believes that guy can play. Yeah. Um. So I'd like to see him get a get a get a bit more playing time. Um. You know, I think that. The back end of the roster is going to play anyway because of all of the all of the injuries and stuff. So, I, I you know I, I I kind of get this feeling that you know that 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 Rogers starts, plays the first half, and we go from there, kind of, kind of thing. And this Jets game, then, Pete. I mean, we're all going to be watching it with with no real particular reason to watch it, but you best believe that all of. Uh, the diehard Packer fans are going to be keeping their eye on it. It's, it's, I guess it's difficult to talk about, right? Because we don't know what the coaching staff are going to do. I might have just added the tail end. That Aaron Rodgers says that he's definitely playing and that's what he's going to do. He's going to be pissed if he doesn't play. That'd be my exact reason as a coach to bench him <laughs> because it'd be kind of like, <laughs> how about you shut the claptrap and you do exactly what you're supposed to do on this goddamn team for everybody else. But anyway, so we don't know who's going to who's gonna play and who isn't going to play. Um, so the Jets game, why are you going to sit down and watch it? So, well, because I love, because A, because I love the Packers and B, because I love football and C, oh. because, because I think it's going to be really interesting in in terms of who does play and how they play and whether we get to see um, a particular individual, yeah, you know, a guy that perhaps we've been counting on, say a say a Josh Jack Josh Jackson or an Oren Burks or somebody that we had hopes for at the beginning of the season, suddenly have a breakthrough gra- a game mm. or or begin to make a contribution. And I, and I understand it might 
might feel like a meaningless game and what have you. But for those guys, it's not. And, you know, at some point you hope that one of those guys is going to turn a corner, come have a breakout game that starts to boost his career. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for is who's going to be that guy. You know, um, we want to see Jackson start to make some plays. We want to see Burks play, actually play, and then make some plays. You know, we want to see um, perhaps one of the one of the wook, rookie wookie wookie. You're doing it. You're doing it. Yes, it's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> All those well known, yeah. So one of the rookie wide receivers, you know, bounce back to a degree. You know, MVS. Had that great spell in the middle of the year. It's gone a little bit off the boil. We don't know the reasons why of the last couple of weeks, although Rogers missed, missed him wide open in the fourth quarter of the game just gone, yeah. which made a huge difference. Um, but, you know, one of those guys, somebody that you don't expect to come through and, and, and make a contribution and perhaps have their breakout game. Um, it will also be interesting for somebody as a football fan to see where Sam Darnold is for the Jets. Um, he's played well the last couple of weeks, so so it struggled for the first half of the season. Got injured, has come back and has played well the last couple of weeks. And actually, the Jets have played well as a team the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, they lost by one touchdown to the Texans last week, and so so it will just be interesting to see all of those things and just to see how 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 who those breakout players are if there is one, and 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 to see and to see Sam Darnold play. Well, I'll tell you what, this game for me all comes to defence. I think the the Jets' defence are massively underrated. They're a very good defence and they've got some good players all throughout the board. They're not going to have it easy. Um, their strong safety, Adams, is elite per pro football so, focus. Right, so, so, yeah, sorry to interrupt. He's, he's, the, he's the player that if you, if you want to see the way that, that you want to see a safety play, mm. Kentrell Bryce or one of those guys... Adams is the guy to watch because that guy's always around the football. Yeah. So you compare him to the way that Clinton Dix was, it's it, it's it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. Adams is always around the football. Fantastic. Um, even their their free safety Roberts is good. Uh, Pierre Lewis and Williamson at inside linebackers they're good. Uh, cornerbacks Johnson, uh, good. Anderson and Williams in the middle, very good. Uh, they're sort of they're weak. Um along that right side and also Claiborne as well isn't sort of you know shroud themselves in glory but what I will say is and kind of what I'm interested to see then is kind of how this offense does or, or how our um, defense does against their offense and the strange thing about it like of all of the criticism that Clay Matthews has come under over the last number of years a lot from me as well because I think his level of play has dipped I understand he was played out of position but again, I had stats on that that when he was brought to the inside, he actually performed better. Um, but the right tackle for the Jets is absolutely god-awful. He's almost like he isn't even there. So when we look at this, Lancaster, who's actually putting up pretty good numbers, um, between himself and Clay Matthews, they should get an awful lot of purchase in this game, which might lead people to believe, and obviously not the Packers because they're a very high-tech organization, to believe that these players are probably doing an awful lot better than... Uh, they have been doing. Um, Fackrell again is going to be coming up against Beecham um, on that left tackle um, side, and you know Beecham d- doesn't really put it up to anybody either. Long is atrocious um, at left guard, so I reckon that we can get to Sam Darnold and spook him an awful lot. Uh, albeit that our defensive line is going to be without Mike Daniels, without Kenny Clark, um, 
and also their wide receivers are pretty poor as well um as are their tight ends um Hendon, Herndon I should say is you know so so good uh Tomlinson terrible so it's just if we're gonna get any purchase on defense we should get it in this game uh but again it's kind of meaningless as well because some of these players are absolutely so poor and again we don't know what players are gonna we're gonna see in the game either no absolutely absolutely right and 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 we think of the Packers as being a team that has multiple injuries every year if you look at the Jets this year um just take their running back position they're down to I don't know what what number of running back there yeah they're down to and 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 they've and they've had problems across the board with 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 injuries so you know it, it's certainly a game that under normal circumstances you you would think that the Packers would would win um but I I don't know what the what the spread is but I would imagine it's very close this week with the Packers being on the road in New York I would I would, I would imagine it's it's very close but 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 again I think I think because of that I think that it will it will be interesting to see how some of those guys that you've just talked about, the Clay Matthews and as well as you know the younger guys, how they how they perform this week. Yeah, because they'll be good on for it, and I guess they let the they let the leash out a little bit for these lads just to do what they want. I don't think I think the Packers are cognizant too is that if they don't get the win, fair enough, it goes down like horrendously because of the whole you know, the whole stat line that they haven't won a game on the road all season and all that kind of stuff, even though yeah. they brought some of those games close. Now, Peter, one thing I want to ask you is, and you're a man who has watched the Packers now for a very long time. Uh, you have connections to the organization. You've known somebody old guard. Um, but what are we seeing here? I mean, where are the Packers now? And where do you see the Packers going? And I guess that extends us into the offseason a little bit. But just to get your thoughts on, on the two of those. Yeah, so, so some general thoughts. It reminds me a lot of 2005, mm. and there's lots of parallels with 2005. So that team ended up at four and 12. So this team isn't quite there. You know, it's possible this team could end up with seven wins, but but there's a lot of parallels between that team. So so the head coach got fired that year, albeit at the end of the season, but they were going into the following year searching for a new head coach, just like the Packers will be this time. They had a first-year general manager in Ted Thompson, just like we've got with Guttenkunst this year. Um, you know, we've got a, a veteran quarterback. You know, in that year, Favre was in his 15th season. We've got Rodgers in his, I guess, 14th year this year. Um, there were some strengths on that team in 2005. You had Chad Clifton at left tackle, which is very similar to Bakhtiari at left tackle. Yeah, this team, it's a very similar looking situation to, to where the Packers were in, in 2005. Um, I tried to look for other parallels in the Packers history, but this was the one that really and I guess the most immediate one that really jumps, really jumps out of you. And then you look at what happened from then. Hyde McCarthy, who wasn't by any stretch of the imagination, almost anybody's first choice other than the, the Packers organization themselves yeah. to be the next, to be the next head coach. So again, if the parallels hold up, don't be surprised if they hire somebody that we, we might not expect, but what they then did, of course, in, in free agency in 2006, they went out and, and, and signed Charles Woodson, Ryan Pickett. And those guys were part of the cornerstone of what happened over the, over the next few years, you know, and with within a couple of seasons, they were back at the NFC championship game and, a few years of Super Bowl. So, so I don't think, even though it's quite 
um, depressing to look at some of what we've seen this season. Um, you touched on it earlier. There's been a lot of close games, lots of games where, you know, a field goal here and there or a touchdown here and there, and all of a sudden, 5-8-1 um, and one is 8-5-1. and one. Um, So I don't think this team is necessarily as far away as it might otherwise seem. Um, and I think it's just because I think that history shows that, that even if you've got quite a few holes, you can turn it around very quickly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that 2005 team that went four and 12 was suddenly eight and eight the next season and 13 and three the season, the season after that. Um, so I think that, and we've seen it with teams like the Rams this or the Rams the last couple of years. Eventually, there's a point where the thing gets turned around. Um, and you don't have to have, you know, the best talent on all 53 players on the roster. Yeah. Because they're not all equal, you know. Um, so I think that there's a lot of parallels between now and 2005. And that, and that I guess gives me hope for the immediate for the immediate the immediate future going forwards the the key the first key is going to be who the head coach is and, and and i think as packers fans we have to accept that whoever they choose we have to trust that they're in a better position to make that decision than than we are yeah which is certainly something that we all forget <laughs> <laughs> you, know. You, you know and and there'll be reasons that they go down that route and if they choose a guy and he fails, then they have to be held accountable for that. But I, but I just, I just think that whoever they choose, you know, certainly seventy percent of the Twitter are going to come out and say, "Well, I wouldn't have had that guy." Yeah, of course. <laughs> you yeah, know, so two percent of the hipsters will say, "Oh, I, I knew they would pick this obscure person who was yep. an offensive coordinator back in the day." And I guess, Pete, what we will do is that we are going to tease through. At some stage, and um, because it's going to be a long off season and it's going to start pretty early, yeah. Um, you know who the head coaching decisions could potentially be and why they're a good or a bad fit as we deem it, uh, for the Packers. But as you say, I think it's very important that we all realise. And I know I say it a lot in the podcast. What the hell do I know? I'm only a leprechaun. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, abs- abs- absolutely, and 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 you know, there's a, there'll be a lot to talk about. With with regards to free agency, you know, you've mentioned Matthews and and Cobb, and then you know, do we try and re-sign Mo Wilkerson and Brashard Breland and, and and all that guy? So there's, there's there's certainly a lot to um, there's a lot of interest once the season once the season's over. Yeah, and I guess because the season is now garbage, what we'll be doing is is that we'll be getting on here and there's, there'll be an awful lot more freedom and an awful lot of less time taken up by, well, here's the playoff scenarios and then trying to break down in detail what we see. And at least, as you say, it's it's kind of like why I, I like watching preseason games is that you don't really know what you're looking at. You don't know what type yeah. of players they're trying to design or what angle they're coming from. They might be sort of focusing on one player, one sort of shift in the offensive line. They're seeking to open something up. You're dealing with sort of periphery players but it's always good to sort of see exactly what they're doing and we're kind of in that you know preseason mode with these games and don't know what we're going to see so it'll be nice to kind of overanalyze <laughs> and pick it apart for no reason and get into the nitty-gritty and see what we see um so that'll be nice any other parting shots for the podcast pete and any other thoughts that you have i, I no I, I don't think so I, I think i think it's we watch the next couple of games we 
you know, take them for what for what they are. We can be a bit more a bit more relaxed about it and just see just see what they give us. Yeah. Uh, and then we can we can start to get really excited about free agency and all of that stuff come come March and when a- Andy Davis starts looking at the at the draft stuff in March and April, we can start to get more excited about that. But that's just kind of now's the opportunity to have our Christmas break. That's right. And um, just just take the next couple of games for for what they are and hope for Packers wins. Well, if yourself and Andy will um, do everybody out there the justice and the the goodwill and the Christmas spirit and all the rest leading in, um, if you keep it in your heads that it would be great to get yourself and Andy and myself on a podcast and I will sit there like a deer in headlights while just, you know, feeding off this draft knowledge that you have because you do have draft articles that are up and sort of a sort of what to watch and who to watch on college games and that's on ukparkers.co.uk um, and people can get those articles there but look this is the sort of last podcast before the christmas hopefully not the last podcast before the end of the year and um, we'll be able to jump on and talk about that jets game and all the rest but because it is the last podcast before santa comes uh we hope santa's good to you uh, happy christmas to you and as well as that, if you fancy uh, getting a t-shirt in six months, I know we're thinking about the long game here. If you donate to uh, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers, you get onto that five or a month tier, we'll bang you out a t-shirt after six months. If you choose to continue donating after that point, we thank you. Um, and that's all I'll say about it. So Peter, it was absolutely fantastic having you on. Uh, make sure you follow Peter at IT Hedgehog and also Brits and Grits if he's going to let you into his life on Facebook. Certainly um, raises some good questions on Facebook uh, and Food for Thought. I have been at NFL, of course, on Twitter. And give me a goddamn follow, will you? You're listening to me. Just go on and bang that follow <laughs> button. I'll, I'll talk to you, I promise. Um, and follow the group at UK Packers. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. Get into that closed group on Facebook as well. And don't forget about the Super Bowl party, Bloomsbury Lanes. Get your tickets. Uh, once they sell out, they sell out. There's no sort of, you can't walk up to the door and buy them most of the time. Sometimes you can. We let you know if that happens in Bloomsbury Lanes. And make sure you book that hotel nice and early. I will be uh, for London for the Super Bowl weekend. Uh, but anyway, that's it for the podcast. Happy Christmas, everybody. We made it. We made it to another year. Happy Christmas. And thanks, Steve. So from myself and Peter, talk to you next week.